Wouldn't it be great if there were a pocket-sized guide that could help you sleep, focus, act, or be better? Well, there is. And if you have 10 minutes, Headspace can change your life. I know because it's definitely helped me too. Headspace is your daily dose of mindfulness in the form of guided meditations in an easy-to-use app. Headspace is the only meditation app advancing the field of mindfulness and meditation through clinically validated research. So whatever the situation, Headspace can really help you feel better. If you're overwhelmed, Headspace has three-minute SOS meditations for you. Need some help falling asleep? They can help you with wind-down sessions their members swear by. And for parents, Headspace even has stuff that you could do with your kids too. And their approach to mindfulness can help you reduce stress, improve sleep, boost focus, and increase your overall sense of well-being. Like I said, I use Headspace as well. I used to use it back in the day, then I got off of it for a while to use another tool. But then, honestly, I came back to it, and it's even better. The voicing, the meditation, it definitely, even just with five minutes a day, it really changes everything for me. It's backed by 25 published studies on its benefits, 600,000 five-star reviews, and over 60 million downloads. Incredible. So you deserve to feel happier, and Headspace is meditation made simple. So go to headspace.com slash SPI. That's headspace.com slash SPI for a free one-month trial with access to Headspace's full library of meditations for every situation. This is the best deal offered right now. Head to headspace.com slash SPI today. Okay, so I want you to imagine this. No matter what kind of business you have, even if you're just working a nine-to-five, it doesn't really matter. But just imagine this. Taking an entire month off like literally disconnecting, getting away from even Wi-Fi, just completely removing yourself from, not the grid, because you know you still want power maybe, but just from the connection to the internet, to social networks, to listening to information all overload, but just having a month to yourself, to think, to be present, to try something new. Now, does that make you feel like, wow, I would love that. That would be amazing. I probably need that right now. Or does that make you feel more on the side of, there is no way in the world that's ever gonna happen? Like that's not, I mean, I'm just getting anxiety thinking about all the things that I would need to think about and kind of the fires I need to put out and the emails I'd have to answer and all those kinds of things. Which one are you? Well, today we're interviewing a great friend of mine, Kristen Bohr from barefoottheory.com. She's an outdoor and travel blogger, very big on Instagram, amazing YouTube channel, a lot of van life type stuff. That's what a lot of people know her for. But also she's very connected to nature and blogs about this and most of her her revenue comes from her blog. And we're gonna talk about some of those things that she does for business and whatnot. But also how it was impacted this year by COVID and then what she did at the end of the year that might surprise you after having business, maybe not do so well at the start of the year. She took a month-long sabbatical. And what that means is she disconnected, she got away, and today we're gonna talk about how she did that because she has a business to run, but she was still able to do it. We're gonna talk about all the things that have unlocked for her as a result of this. And I promise you the results are kind of gonna surprise you because they were surprising to me too. Kristen, like I said, is a good friend of mine. She was also a member of our Accelerator program in 2020 and just an amazing human being. And I'm excited to introduce her to you. So Kristen from barefoottheory.com. Let's cue the intro and we'll get into it. Welcome to the Smart Passive Income Podcast, where it's all about working hard now so you can sit back and reap the benefits later. And now your host, he thinks hate is a strong word. 
but he actually hates the Comic Sans font, Pat Flynn. Hey, it's Pat here. Thanks so much for joining me today. And this is episode 467 of the Smart Passive Income Podcast. Now, we talk about business a lot here, right? We talk about things like funnels, email marketing, podcasting, YouTube content creation, hiring a team, removing yourself from the process as much as possible to usually do different kinds of things in your business. But today we're talking about removing yourself from the process to fully remove yourself from all the things that have been bogging you down, all the overwhelm, just to escape and still let the business run. And so let's hear from Kristen Bohr, B-O-R, from barefoottheory.com. Here she is. Kristen, welcome to the Smart Passive Income Podcast. I- I'm so excited you're here. Thank you for taking the time today. Oh, thank you so much for having me. I'm, I can't wait. So before we get into the big thing, which I think everybody who's listening at this point already knows because I already talked about it in the intro as far as your sabbatical and what that was like, I want to learn everything there is about that. And I know it's going to inspire a lot of people. But for those who don't know what Barefoot Theory is and who you are, tell us a little bit about the brand and, and the website and, and how you got into it. Sure. So Barefoot Theory is an outdoor blog where we inspire and empower people to get outside and give them the skills that they need to do so with confidence. And our goal is to just help people live happier, healthier lives by connecting with nature. I started in 2014 after a three-year stint working in Washington, D.C., wanted to do something else and sort of stumbled on some travel blogs that talked about travel blogging as a career. And that really sparked my interest and I decided to go for it. That's so cool. So like, I'm curious, travel blogger, you're not at home and you're not working a nine to five and sort of doing this afterwards. Like, what is a typical day like for you, just so we can get some perspective of on like, what's it like to be a travel blogger exactly? Sure. So this year has been a little bit different, obviously. There really is no normal or no routine. And and that's one of the challenges is like trying to separate work and play. But I spend half my year traveling in my sprinter van. So we converted our sprinter van into a camper that we can live out of full time. So we spend half the year traveling, living in that. And then the other half we spend living at our house in Salt Lake, usually the winter we're home. In the winter, I'm, you know, catching up on a lot of bigger projects that I can't really crank out when I'm traveling full time. So a lot more time on the computer when we're on the road in the summer you know, it really just depends. Like when we have Wi-Fi, that's when I schedule my calls, when I you know, do my emails, when I do the things that require an internet connection. And then when I'm not, when there is no service, then I'll edit my photos and we go on hikes and we gather the content and kind of process that when we don't have any service. So that's amazing. A uh, different lifestyle for sure. And I know you've talked about this a lot, not just on your blog at barefoottheory.com, but also your YouTube channel. Your YouTube channel is pretty big and you've just came out with a recent series on what van life is like and how to convert your van and all this stuff. So if this lifestyle sounds interesting to you, definitely check out Kristen. I know personally, several people who have been inspired by Kristen's work and are actually now doing the van life or about to do van life stuff. So that's that's pretty cool. But I also know you, Kristen, because you were a student of mine for a while, a year. And one of the things I've gotten to know about you is just your incredible work ethic and how hard you work and how many great ideas you have and how you want to do all of them, right? And and this could be a great thing, right, to have a lot of ideas. But I also know, and I want to hear from you, like, there's a struggle there sometimes, especially when it comes to getting overwhelmed. Tell us about sort of beginning 2020, what your mindset was like related to work and sort of how much you were working. 
Oh boy. Yes. At the beginning of 2020, we had a lot of different big projects going on. So I was deep into the middle of a rebrand, which ended up taking a year and a half. (laughs) But that was a huge project. We launched a whole new version of our website. We were in the beginning stages of planning our annual van life festival called Open Roads Fest, which got canceled because of COVID. But, you know, tickets were on sale and all that earlier in the year. We also released, sort of alluded to it, a free online course all about van life, which we filmed like over 50 videos and blog posts to kind of walk people through the entire process of starting van life from start to finish. So then COVID hit and I had to make some adjustments to my team. I had to learn how to work more efficiently. And so I was taking on just, I just had a lot on my plate. So luckily I discovered meditation in 2020 and have been doing that as a practice every day. And that sort of helped me like when my brain starts to like fire off and all these ideas and I get kind of impatient wanting to do them all at once, but it's not actually physically possible. That's been a really helpful tool in like calming the mind and like really helping me figure out what to prioritize on. That's great. Yeah. And and I know that part of what we're talking about today or the major thing we're talking about today had stemmed from a lot of the stuff that was happening in 2020. And I want to know what was going through your head and and what made you make the decision to go on this three to four month break, this sabbatical, this, I need to just step away from everything right now. What led you to that decision? Yeah. So, you know, it's kind of funny because my partner, Ryan, and I were spending a lot of time walking around our neighborhood. We were going on like seven mile walks every day just around our neighborhood because we weren't really doing anything else. And, you know, a lot of my ideas come to me when I'm outside walking or hiking. And I just one day just came up with this idea, like, what if I take a break? I was feeling kind of burnt out from work and from social media in particular. I was starting to see, you know, my screen time was at an all-time high. I was starting to feel some negative impacts from that and just kind of constantly comparing myself to like what everybody else was doing during this past year and making me feel like maybe I wasn't doing enough or I could be doing this better or that better. And all of a sudden my brain just felt like it was going to explode because it's just not possible to do that all. And so, you know, I had these ideas about bringing on new writers and this and that. But after I finished my rebrand, I realized that if I just sort of launched into this next chapter without taking some time for myself, there would be no time because, you know, if I'm hiring new people and doing this and that, there was no gap for like any sort of recovery from, you know, eight months of nonstop work, basically. (laughs) So yeah, so we were just on a walk one day and I kind of came up with the idea and I said, gosh, what if I just took three or four months off social media and like off work, like what would happen? Yeah. So that's sort of how it started. It was just a random, random thought one day on a walk. And the more I thought about it, the more it made sense. You know, I've heard from other people, people who have actually baked this into their yearly plan. Michael Hyatt does this every year for a few months. I know a guy named Sean West who's going on a, a year-long sabbatical. So this isn't like a new thing. And, and I don't know necessarily where the idea came from, but oftentimes when we have these ideas like this, especially for an entrepreneur, like the idea of just like pausing everything for that long almost seems impossible. What was your initial reaction to the idea? Was it like, yes, let's do it? Was it like, how am I even gonna 
like, where do you even begin? So I'd love to know when you had this idea, what was your mindset? And, and then how did you move forward with it no matter what? Sure. Yeah. So, I mean, I went back and forth and back and forth. You know, I, I think I had a lot of questions about, you know, would my audience just get, you know, forget about me? Like what would happen to right. traffic if I wasn't posting on social, you know, three, four, five times a week? You know, would it affect my bottom line? Would I be able to keep my employees employed? And at first, I, you know, still kind of recovering. So March and April were, I think, tough months for a lot of online entrepreneurs. A good chunk of my money comes from advertising for outdoor companies and also banner ads on my site. And March and April were tough months and, you know, made me question if this keeps going, like, you know, I'm going to have to make some long-term adjustments. So first, my idea was that we're just going to close our doors for four months. We're all going to go on vacation. So I have a small team. I have um, my my partner in crime, Linda, who's kind of a jack. She basically is like a, a second me. You know, she can basically do everything. And then we have a part-time writer. And I thought, well, maybe during my break, we'll all just go on vacation and we'll regroup after the new year. But then I, you know, started to think, well, you know, it's like the business needs to be able to operate when I go on vacation. Like I can't just, it's, it's like, I can't just close the doors indefinitely and not post on the blog, not post anywhere, just like make my audience think that like, I don't care, and I, you know, so right, right. I started to shift my thinking that, okay, maybe Linda will, you know, work part-time and then as we got closer and we realized that, well, there's actually a lot of projects we could do in my absence that are important. You know, maybe she could just work full time. So that's what ended up happening is Linda worked full time while I was gone. Becky, our writer, she stayed on, she works 10 or 15 hours a week. You know, we, I talked to Linda maybe once a month about what was going on, but you know, I was pretty much, you know, I wasn't on Slack. I put an autoresponder on my email I deleted all the social media apps for my phone. So I was pretty disconnected from like the work side of things. And there was a big, you know, luckily I've random passwords for everything. So it wasn't like I could just log back in without looking up the password, you know, in my... Oh, that's a good point. Yeah. <laughs> so <laughs> That's really cool. So a little bit of preparation ahead of time, getting the team sort of going, writing some stuff and and, and sort of just not leaving right away. I'm, I'm curious, did your audience know that you took a sabbatical before you went? Did you kind of let them know this was happening or? So I started preparing in June and I left in August. So during that preparation period, I didn't tell any, I didn't like publicly announce anything, but we were working behind the scenes to just make sure that like Linda was in touch with anybody that maybe I had like would have been in touch with, you know, that she needed to sort of take over those conversations that. Linda and Becky were well prepared for like sort of what I expected, you know, what I would wanted to happen while I was gone, the certain posts and sort of like we have our holiday gift list so that needed to like be done in November. So we did some planning to sort of get like a lot, like a three month sort of vision for my absence. And then the day I deleted my social media, my last post was like, I'm taking three months off. It ended up being four. <laughs> But yeah, I, I announced on Instagram and in my newsletter, and I put a blog post up explaining why I was doing this. 
And then I immediately deleted everything. So I didn't look at comments or anything. I just, I didn't want you. I would have been like, (laughs) what are they saying about it? Like, are they, are they angry? Are they upset? Like, how did you get the courage to do that? Like, I'm curious. Well, you know, it was pretty easy because I deleted the app. And then like that afternoon, we went on a five day canoe trip where I had no service. So, oh, well, there you go. You almost like forced yourself to. Yeah. (laughs) Once we got back, then it was, you know you realize there's like a physical reflex, like going to grab your phone. I mean, we don't go anywhere without our phones these days or without looking at something on our phone every couple of minutes or even more. So when we first got back from the canoe trip, that was sort of good because I was like cold turkey, you know, cutting myself off. But then we got back and I was definitely like noticing myself like going to grab my phone and then I would pick up my phone and then I realized there was nothing to look at. And like, If I wanted to, I also deleted the news app and basically anything that just like enabled me to mindlessly scroll on my phone. And so when I picked up my phone, if I wanted to read something, it was like I had to think about what I wanted to look up and then look that up. I didn't just have information in front of me waiting to be consumed. Yeah, that makes a lot of sense. I want to know what were some of the other hard things or some of the other, perhaps if there were any struggles, you had mentioned this just noticing yourself going for the phone, which is really weird that that's like baked into us now. And you're Mm -hmm. right, we never go anywhere without it. And were there any other challenges? Were there moments in the middle where you kind of just wanted to check in on things or like what was, what else was difficult about it, if anything? Well, you know, I'm sort of a perfectionist and One thing that's like, this was a lesson learned from this whole experience is like one thing that's really slowed us down as a team is my need to oversee every word in every blog post and make sure it's exactly how I would say it. And every picture has to be the picture that I would choose for that blog post. And that sort of stifles the process. And it really slows us down when I have a highly capable team of women who are experienced in the outdoors, who know me well are, you know, totally able to just publish a blog. Like I give them the words, they publish the blog post, or even, you know, they can go in and make updates themselves without me having to, you know, give the check of approval. So it was a good lesson in like learning how to stop micromanaging and to just kind of empower them to do their job and own the results of the job that they do. And, you know, not come in and fix things before they get published, you know, and, and every now and then I would, you know, I would go to my blog, I'm, you know, and see, Oh, I wonder what they've like published this week. And it always was great. So just a good chance for me to step back and like, let them take the responsibility of sort of steering the ship and making decisions and like feeling really good about what they're publishing. And I think as a result this year, we're just going to be operating in a much more efficient, smooth manner. And that frees up my time to do more of the higher level work. That's absolutely huge, Kristen. I, I didn't even think of that. And that's what a wonderful by- byproduct of this for your team and, and for you and just the efficiency of the business. That is incredible. Wow. And it's it's true. It reminds me of when I started working with Jess. You, you know Jess, mm-hmm. uh, my executive assistant. And she came in to help me with email initially. And I had to learn and she had to teach me that I didn't have to see every email. I didn't have to write every email and nothing was going to break like it was like it's a learning process but like nothing exploded right and that and that was that was the thing that i was always worried about like what if this what if that like no no pat it's okay. like you're we're going to be okay i'll take care of it trust me 
okay. And then you start to see things moving and you start to spend more time doing other things. And and I think that's what's happened here. And it, it just reminded me of that. You, you had written this beautiful blog post just recently, in fact, on Barefoot Theory, and I'll link to it in the show notes. It's called Lessons from My Four-Month Social Media Break and Why Digital Detox is Necessary. And I want you to quickly speak to the six points, the six lessons here, just kind of give us an overview of like, what changed in that manner? And your first lesson here was that getting off social media changed how you traveled. What do you mean by that? Yeah, well, I think, you know, so much of my bucket list is determined by photos that I see on Instagram. And I get there and they're busy. Sometimes they're littered. You know, it's a lot of people just going to get their photo and getting back in the car and leaving. And Mm -hmm. that kind of travel is starting to like, I I don't enjoy that. I would rather go somewhere that's not crowded, that's off the beaten path. Maybe it's just not like as Instagram worthy per se, but like the experience itself is more enjoyable to me. And so we did a lot more of that kind of travel. You know, we went to places that I would have never gone to knowing that I had the pressure of like posting on my Instagram channel, you know, five days a week. Like we spent, you know, probably a month at the beach and, you know, the beach is beautiful, but I know my, my audience is mountain people, you know? So (laughs) yeah. So this is the equivalent of, of like, if you're a food blogger, the difference between like, getting the pie to look perfect, standing on the table, like looking down while your family's just like waiting for you versus just like, let's enjoy the meal together, right? Yeah. And even though it looks crappy, it tastes good, right? Yeah, exactly. So where did you go? Like, I'm, like uh, what's one of your spots you went that you didn't think you'd enjoy? Sure. Well, it wasn't that I didn't think I would enjoy. It was more just like the, the content, you know, side. Had a different reason. I was always thinking about the content that I'm going to capture, but we went, so we we took off in our van. We went, the West was so smoky. So we decided to go back East and we went to the Boundary Waters in Minnesota, which was where we canoed. And that was where we set off. And then we went to the Upper Peninsula of Michigan. And then we drove up, we saw all five Great Lakes. And then we went up to New Hampshire and Vermont for fall and did the fall colors there. And then after that, we went down to the Outer Banks of North Carolina and just like they have really nice national park campgrounds right on the beach there. So we were there. We were in North Carolina for about a month. And then after that, we went down to Florida and we're kind of in the panhandle, like Northern Florida area as it started to get colder. Wow. That sounds epic. So that's cool. So it changed your decision-making and your why behind where you go and just probably made you more present while there, I'm sure. Beautiful. Okay. Number two, my social media break allowed me a lot more free time. Tell me more. Yeah. So, you know, you don't realize how much time you spend scrolling and looking at what other people have to say and just turning that off. All of a sudden I had like time to read books and like we would get back from a hike and rather than me just launching into like getting on my phone or getting on my computer, like I would read or I would meditate or we'd cook dinner together, you know, play with our dog and just downtime that I didn't fill every second of by staring at my phone. You close this section off by saying, taking this time off helped me see that I have plenty of time. I just have to make an active choice to spend my time on the things that matter to me most. And that just speaks to what you just said. Like a lot of us are spending time on things that when it really comes down to it, probably doesn't matter that much when it really comes down to it. So yeah, there, uh, you had a guest on uh, recently. He wrote that book, Personality Isn't Permanent. He was, yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so... I read some of that book and he talked about how your time is indicative of your priorities and like, you know, you should spend your time doing 
the things that you want your future self to be like what you want your future personality to be engaged in. And so, you know, I kind of just thought about that while I spend so much time looking at other people's photos online and people I don't even know, or, you know, connect with personally. So it was just a good exercise and like sort of regaining that time and like feeling like, wow, I don't feel so rushed around anymore. I can actually like do these things that matter because I'm not scrolling on my phone for two hours every day. Absolutely. You had also mentioned next that you just felt more present in your relationship. And I know that everybody here has relationships of all different kinds, but whether it's a spouse, a partner, a kid, a a friend, tell me more about how getting off of social media made you more present with the people close to you. Sure. And yeah, this wasn't just like, it wasn't just social media, but it was also the work in general, just like actually taking a real vacation because... Normally, when we're traveling, I'm really juggling work and, you know, our travels. And, you know, whether that means I'm on my phone planning where we're going next, or I'm posting some photo or posting some story or uploading my photos or responding to emails. So like just turning that off allowed us to just enjoy each other's company. And I think like when we get in bed at night, rather than sitting on our phones, and we're both looking at our phones, looking at Instagram or the news or whatever. It's like, we allowed us to really connect and be present and appreciate this amazing trip we had together that wasn't muddied by, you know, other people's experiences, I guess. Yeah, no, that's awesome. That that makes sense. And, you know, it's like my wife and I, we often put the phones down, we just chat and like, we need to just do that more. Like, let's just talk. There doesn't have to be anything else involved, just two people connecting. And you're right, I think when we start to add other noise out there, it starts to kind of get in the way of that. And, you know, it's crazy that you've done this cold turkey like for three months, but we can do this in a day. We can do this within a couple minutes or a couple hours within a day. It doesn't have to be a three-month thing, although obviously this has become a very, very amazing thing. I want to ask you more in a minute about whether or not you think you're going to do this again. But Number four here, you had mentioned, and we had talked about this already, so we don't have to talk about it too much because you already touched on it, but the idea that you have more control over over the information you are consuming, right? You have now the ability to be conscious and choose the things that you want to bring in versus just kind of being fed all this stuff. So so number five, I do want to talk about, you felt energized around new passions. Tell me what happened on this sabbatical and, and where new passions came into play. So before my break, I was feeling pulled in a new direction a bit, but I never really had time to explore that or share any of it on my blog. I felt because I was sort of in this hamster wheel of always trying to like catch up and like was never really had the time to kind of write about something new. It was always doing like the same, more of the same thing. And basically my partner and I started um, a plant-based diet just over a year ago. So yeah, about 14 months ago. And it has been a really big, it's made it such a huge difference in our health and our energy and our happiness. And, you know, my niche that I consider is, is the outdoors, but I think it's all related because as an outdoor enthusiast, I really care about the environment. And now that I'm learning more about the benefits of a plant-based diet in terms of the environment, like, I think it's all really connected topics that I would love to share with my audience, but I just felt like I didn't have time to like actually learn enough to share it. Like, you know, I didn't want to just 
you know, watch a documentary and all of a sudden I have like all these opinions. I wanted to read and learn. Yeah, just having having the space to sort of read books and I signed up. I'm I'm almost done with this six week plant based nutrition course that was offered through eCornell. And I just I'm so excited to like introduce more of these topics on the blog. We have a post coming out this week about the environmental benefits. We're gonna start swapping out our like I, I didn't realize but there's so many so much outdoor gear is made with animal products. And now that I've like, I'm diving deeper into this, I want to start swapping those products out with other alternatives. So eventually I'd like to be like a fully vegan where like all the, you know, information on my blog is vegan friendly and the recommendations we make for products are vegan friendly because there are good alternatives out there. And we just have to sort of shift that belief system around that like there are alternatives and they're just as good. So anyways, sorry, that was a little bit of an aside, but you know, you can see I'm very passionate and fired up about this stuff. And, you know, we like during my break, we watched a number of movies. I started reading books and it was like, you know, before my break, I was like, oh, what should I do next? Like, should I create, you know, some sort of membership around hiking in the outdoors or, Mm -hmm. you know, my festival got canceled. So I think we'll be this year as well. So, you know, I was just kind of, trying to figure out what to do. And I think the answer was always in me. I just didn't have the space to really like let it transpire. So yeah, so we're going to start incorporating a lot more of that onto the blog. And I'm, I'm really excited about it. And, you know, I know it's not going to resonate with everybody, but I think new people will come in who are going to be really fired up about it. So that's really cool. That's really cool. And, it, you know, so in, in a way, the break actually is helping support the business in, mm-hmm. in that regard. And that's really cool. And then finally here, you say, you know, my life felt more full. Like, what does a full life mean to you exactly? So I think when we're on these social media apps, you know, everybody's posting. I mean, it's obvious. Everybody's posting the best moments. Nobody's posting about, you know, the fight they had with their partner or, you know, the trip that went sour. It's like, we're just seeing the highlights of, you know, the best of the best. And I think even now we're seeing like, oh, like that person's house is decorated so perfect. And, you know, it's, it just leads to a lot of unhealthy comparison. And, you know, when you're constantly looking at what everybody else is doing, and even on my travels, like we'll, we'll be somewhere really beautiful. And then I get on Instagram and I'm like, oh, I wish we were there, which is just crazy. I'm like, we're somewhere cool too. But when you, so when you take away that sort of comparison, you start to be a lot more content with what you have in your current present moment versus constantly wishing, oh, well, we should have gone here or we should have done that instead, or maybe this would have been better. You're just like, oh, this is awesome. And I'm happy in this moment. And I'm not worried about what anybody else is doing or feeling like, you know, maybe we made the wrong choice and should have done something different. That's so key. I mean, it's it's such a huge realization. And and so my my final question here, as we finish up, first of all, thank you for letting us in on everything that's been going on. And 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 it's cool to see you back online because I know that mm-hmm. we had not spoken to each other for a while. And you're back. What's changed now? How do we make sure that while working, you still have these things in place? And are you going to take another sabbatical? You think? Definitely. Yeah. Maybe next time I'll bring some of my community with me. Like let's disconnect here, go connect with nature and come back and reconvene in the new year and like share what we learned. And this is obviously something a lot of people are struggling with, you know, especially right now. So yes, I'm going to do it again. 
I think I've learned that I really like, like before I was trying to just like work hard, play hard all the time. And it was just getting really exhausting and unsustainable. And so now I'm kind of like, okay, well, rather than work hard, play hard 365 days a year, I'm going to work hard (laughs) nine months a year and then set the pieces up so I can take the three months off, not work during that time. And then really, you know, be able to explore my creative side and learn and do some of these, you know, new passions and just kind of disconnect because I think that I come back feeling really, you know, fired up and ready to bring new ideas back to the business that maybe I would have never even thought of had I just continued. But yeah, I mean, there's definitely some pieces in the, in the business that need to, uh, things that for the first time, things went exceptionally smooth, but there's a few things that, you know, could be improved on to make this go even better next time. What would those things be? So what we did is in my absence, so I, I introduced Linda to my audience and she took over the weekly newsletter. So she was communicating like, you know, with them every week, signing the newsletter in her name. So it wasn't like it was pretending to come from me. It was from her. And I thought that was really great because now it's not just me. Now it's kind of the two of us and we're a team and like the audience knows both of us. And so if I take a break, she can sort of fill on that gap. And it's not like weird, like, oh, who's this person, you know, that we've never heard of who now is like communicating with us. But I think since I got back, we've set up like, we've never really operated with like an editorial calendar, like where we're planning in advance. And I think that that's just sort of like, it's just like I said, the three of us and we have 500 blog posts. And it's just like, you know, a lot of times I'm coming up with ideas, writing and publishing it immediately without really like getting ever ahead. So this month we're spending on getting ahead. So we're, we set up a whole editorial calendar that we're going to update every month or every quarter so we can start planning ahead. So that way when I'm gone next year, we can still be publishing some new content and things don't just like completely halt in terms of new stuff. And um, we're also experimenting with some social media scheduling tools. Like I don't use any, I've never used any sort of scheduler, which is seems crazy because I have three different Instagram accounts, one for my festival, I have a van one and I have, you know, my barefoot theory. So the fact that we haven't ever used like any sort of scheduler is just crazy. So now we're like experimenting with some schedulers. So that way I can not be on the apps as much and using a scheduler to like get my content out there, like communicate with my people, but not have to be on there scrolling as much. Just having that piece in place is not for my break next year, but just going to make this year and like my relationship with social media be a lot healthier. There's so much in this episode. I, th- I definitely believe that there's going to be people listening to this who are now going to be inspired to take their own sabbatical three month one month, one week even. It doesn't matter. I think unplugging, it just, there's so many lessons to be learned from that. And sometimes you won't know what the benefits are until you do it. And so I'm definitely inspired. And Kristen, thank you so much for coming on and sharing everything that you did and and, and packaging this for us in a very uh, actually easy way to not just understand the benefits, but even, even the how and some of the nuances with the business and how that worked too. That was really helpful. So where can people go to find out more from you and, and where should they follow you? So my blog is barefoottheory.com, but it's spelled like bear the animal, B-E-A-R, barefoot theory. And I'm also barefoot theory on Instagram, Facebook, YouTube, Pinterest, barefoot theory, pretty much everywhere. So 
maybe soon to be on TikTok, but uh, I don't know. <laughs> awesome, Kristen. Well, th- thank you so, so much. It's, it was a pleasure to chat with you. And, and this is the first time I'm hearing about what the sabbatical has done for you because right at the tail end of our time together was the time that you were about to leave. So congratulations. Well done. Looking forward to the, to hearing about the next one and the other people you take along the ride with you. So th- thank you so much, Kristen. Yeah, thanks so much for having me. All right, I hope you enjoyed that interview with Kristen. And hopefully this was an eye opener for you because it definitely was for me. And, you know, I know it's maybe a little bit difficult during the pandemic and Kristen has a van that she can just climb into that is her home at times and she can roam around the country and explore and literally escape. And I hope that as we start to come out of this pandemic, that we can also consider the fact that, well, maybe this doesn't mean we need to dedicate every minute of every hour of every day to going back to business and going full throttle, but also planning for time, maybe mid-year, maybe next year, or sometime in the near future, to actually take time off and to escape and to discover new things, just like Kristen did. And it's so inspiring. And Kristen, I'm so grateful for you for sharing and being open about this and sharing this on your blog as well. We'll put all the links to the things that we mentioned and the article that we sort of went over at smartpassiveincome.com slash session 467. Again, smartpassiveincome.com slash session 467. That's where the show notes and links are going to be. Again, barefoottheory.com with Kristen Bohr. This was amazing. Thank you so much for listening in today. Thank you in advance for all the reviews that are coming in and have come in and are going to come in. They're so meaningful. We read them at Team SPI and we just enjoy them so much because it gives us energy. And I've been hearing a lot of great things about how you've been feeling about the Friday follow-ups because these episodes, these ones with interviews, come out on Wednesdays. And on Fridays, it's just you and me. And we have a little follow-up. We go deep on something. We're gonna go deep again about something that we talked about here today. You'll have to subscribe to find out what that is. But 15 to 20 minutes on Friday to sort of recap all this. And I hopefully can hear about how this has helped inspire you as well. I'm looking forward to chatting with you again in just a couple days. So Friday follow-up coming up soon. Make sure you hit that subscribe button. Thanks so much. I appreciate you. Take care. And as always, Team Flynn for the win. Peace out. Thanks for listening to the Smart Passive Income Podcast at www.smartpassiveincome.com. So podcasting is obviously a big deal here at SPI. And today, I'm so excited to tell you about our newest podcast. Yes, a brand new podcast called Flops. Flops is all about exploring, celebrating, and normalizing failure in the entrepreneurial journey. Every entrepreneur experiences failure at some point. So I love that we're just facing it head on here. And the show is hosted by two members of the team, Karen and Ray. And in it, they talk to entrepreneurs who have had stumbles, setbacks, and flat out failures. These guests are honest and generous with their stories, and I think they offer hope and encouragement for all other entrepreneurs out there because we all experience it, right? We all experience failure. For example, in the first episode, Ray talks to John who got caught up in a Ponzi scheme. It's a story with twists and turns that will keep you hooked. It's a great story. I highly recommend you check it out. But one thing I love about Flops is that it doesn't dwell on the failure and it always finds a bright side. I really love it, and I think you will too. So the first season of Flops has already started with new episodes dropping on Wednesdays. You can find it on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, wherever you listen to podcasts. You can also listen at smartpassiveincome.com slash flops. Again, that's smartpassiveincome.com slash flops. I hope you enjoy it.